0: Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by FDM Thrive. We interview people who have dealt with the trickiest of health challenges, but eventually learn to get well and stay well naturally. Now it's time to hear from one of our detectives and learn how another health issue has been solved. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Well, we did have to go back to the not-so-much-fun mic today, just temporarily, so my quality is a little lower, but the content is just as good as always. One of the things that we've been doing recently, if you've been listening to the last several episodes, are just shorter, to the point let's get to it type of episodes where we're not doing our normal interviews and the reason we're doing that is because it's around the holidays we know everyone's super busy and you don't necessarily want to listen to an hour-long interview going through some of the darkest parts of someone's life with their health issues when you're probably trying to enjoy time with friends and family so we want to give quick tips and easy stuff and today I sometimes realize that, you know, simple is good, and I was trying to think of what would be a really useful episode, especially around the new year, and definitely one that's not cliche, right? We always do stuff on goal setting, everyone hears that. I even did uh, one last time on, or last episode, three books for mindset, and like, Habit development and all those types of things, right? So today what we're going to do is actually talk about the different meanings of the symbols that you see on food. Because I think a lot of this gets really misrepresented. There's a lot of confusion around this. And we're not even going to be able to cover every label in this episode, that's for sure. So you guys know what to do. If you like this, go to Podbean. Well, search for uh, the Health Detective Podcast uh, by FDN Thrive on Podbean. And you can leave us a comment there and say, hey, we want you to do more labels and we will go into um, some more of the technical ones if you'd like. But we're going to cover almost uh, just about 10 of these today. And they are ones that are really common. There are ones that, again, get misrepresented a lot. And I think there's a lot of confusion with. And when I first got started on this journey almost, um, almost eight years ago now, in some way at least, I was doing something, right, uh, with health stuff, I had a ton of confusion around this. So the first thing is organic. And I'm talking when I say organic, this is for our uh, USA-based listeners. Organic is when we see the USDA symbol, that's what I'm referring to. So you have it certified, what does that actually mean? Well, here's what people don't realize. There's actually a margin of error that's allowed in that type of food up to 5% of that food product can be non-organic and they could still certify it as USDA certified organic. And this is why, and you'll see this universally in pretty much all these things, you're going to want to really make sure that you research the brands that you are buying from, especially if you're buying from them on a regular basis. Make sure you actually understand what they're doing. And I'm not saying that There's a bunch of people running around being malicious, trying to put on labels on their products just to trick people. Unfortunately, I do think there are certain brands that do that, but I actually think they're few and far between. I think more do this because they, believe it or not, have genuine ignorance around this, and they say, okay, well, we qualify for this label. They see that. We'll throw this on and this looks good, but they don't even realize why it might be necessary to go above and beyond what that label requires. So I hope that makes sense. So yeah, USDA Certified Organic, It does mean no synthetic ingredients are used. It does mean no genetically modified organisms are used. You can't have anything like that, right? It is actual real food ingredients for the most part, which is great. Um, But yeah, up to 5% of it can be non-organic. And then there's a whole debate about these organic pesticides, quote-unquote organic pesticides, right? That can be allowed on certain organic foods. And so this is why, this is my personal opinion, I'm very careful about purchasing meats or produce from Conventional large supermarket chains. Now there are certain ones that are great, but I always, always, always prefer to go to a local, uh, locally owned, like health food type of store where the places or the people there actually know the places that they're buying from, the farms that they're getting the stuff from. One of my favorites is there's like five locations for this place in my local area, and they have like little signs under the plate, um, the foods where it'll say local and it means within 100 miles they got this these managers i worked there for like a month and a half (laughs) probably seven or eight years ago when i was first doing this um The managers actually know the farmers well they understand what they're doing and not doing on the farm so i think that's the kind of relationship that we need and then finally if you want to get closer to the farm um, not to go off topic here this is to add on to their organic thing what you can do is search for a csa and a csa is a community supported agriculture and so what that means is you can put in a certain amount of money basically in the beginning of the year and you're going to get food every week from this Uh, farm and there's a lot of organic ones so you get to go you get to meet the farmers you get to see what they're using and not using right and you get a heavily discounted rate over the course of the season Like you're getting a huge deal by going and using those so i highly recommend checking them out so organic yes great maybe better than nothing but It doesn't mean that much and if you don't believe that i don't want to say certain brands we don't want to get in trouble here but there are certain major candy brands that now when you're in your local drugstore or convenience store you can see at the checkout have the organic symbol on it even though we know it's basically the same crappy food that it always was so unfortunately that doesn't always mean a whole lot so that's usda certified organic symbol Then there's made with organic ingredients. And believe it or not, that simple text or phrase is actually considered a label. And when it is advertised that the food is made with organic ingredients, if that's anywhere on the label, if organic's anywhere on the label, there needs to be at least 70% organic ingredients in that food product for it to say that. If it doesn't say that, I mean, I guess in theory could have still uh, a good amount of organic products in it, but I don't know why you wouldn't advertise that if you were able to do it. So if it doesn't have anything labeled as organic on the main packaging, what that means is that less than 70%, probably a lot less than 70% of that food product is organic. Um, However, of course, these products are still allowed to tell you if an individual ingredient is organic. So I've seen this plenty of times, right? Especially on... um, I don't know, like certain trail mixes, they'll have like a cheaper nut that's organic and then the rest of it's not organic. So always check out for that. Um, Generally speaking, organic is better than not. But I will typically take locally owned, I know the farmer, without an organic symbol over the organic symbol any day because there is still... A financial burden to the person trying to get certified through the USDA organic program. Um, So that's something to consider. There's a lot of great farms out there that qualify well above and beyond what is necessary for that symbol. But they just can't afford to get it because they're not a huge commercial farm. So just something to consider. Oh, the term natural. Now this one's always fun. Because natural means almost nothing um, in terms of the label. It just means nothing artificial or synthetic. So that doesn't necessarily being healthy by any stretch of the imagination and all you need to do is go walk through a chain grocery store and turn over maybe five to ten random products that say natural on it okay and then you tell me if you can pronounce all the ingredients in those products and then we'll see if natural still seems like a good idea (laughs) so that almost means nothing in my book and i would be a little weary with most of those things that say natural now the non-gmo label is really kind of unfortunate because you would think anytime that there's non-gmo that would automatically mean that there really is no gmos but that's not a regulated term and so what you might have seen before but by by the way it means that there's no standards for this you could just kind of lie and say non-gmo it doesn't actually mean much so the way that we've kind of been able to work around this and you might have seen this before is there's a little sticker. It's typically like, I think orange and green and there's the butterfly on it or whatever. And it will say non GMO verified. So that's a legitimate thing. It's a legitimate stamp. And what that means is this third party company has come in. They've checked this out. Um, I think they actually even do random testing with them, but don't quote me on that. I could be wrong, but even that they still allow for that small margin of error up to 0.9% of those ingredients in that product with the non-gmo verified label can have genetically modified ingredients and i know some people would say like okay well you know less than one percent of the ingredients can have it is that big of is that like actually that big of a deal and perhaps it isn't but the thing is i know some people just stand for this on principle and they don't believe in what some of these companies that i will not name are actually out there doing uh to force these genetically modified seeds on people and farmers or whatever so i this is one of the first things I ever learned in the health space. So I am very much against um, the secrecy and the hidden tactics that go on in the world of GMOs. So I totally get it if on principle you don't like that. So make sure to do your own research. The non-GMO verified project is a great way to you know, at least know something about the brand. Awesome. Now we know that less than 1% of the ingredients are genetically modified. Okay, now we gotta dig a little deeper though and see just how much in there is actually genetically modified so that's non-gmo and by the way that does not imply organic that doesn't imply even natural necessarily non-gmo literally just means non-gmo so that does not mean a healthy product by any stretch of the imagination now these are probably some of the most confusing ones and it's around eggs (laughs) so cage free that term is regulated But it doesn't mean anything. It means that the hen is not in a cage. I think the cage standards are like 8 inches by 12 inches or something ridiculous like that. So all the cage-free thing means is that they're not in that crazy little tiny cage. But they could still be in a barn or a room for basically the entirety of their lives. So cage-free, again, unless you know the brand, means almost nothing. Um, and if anything, is probably more likely than any of these other terms to be used to be misleading people. So that's kind of a little sketchy in my opinion. Then there's free range. And free range is actually another uh, USDA-regulated term. So that's, I guess, good in one sense. Um, and it means that the eggs do have, or they come from hens that do have some access to the outdoors. Uh, however, this doesn't actually mean that they ever go outdoors. It just means that they are in a barn with a door that hypothetically the farmer that owns them and maintains them could open. And if you think I'm joking, if you think this is ridiculous, all you have to do is look it up, it's actually true. Um, And it's kind of pathetic that this is the regulations that we have. And it's very misleading to the consumer because how many people honestly take the time to look this stuff up, right? People have jobs. They got passions outside of the health thing. They're not into it like we are. And I don't blame them, right? They shouldn't have to be. I don't think there should be so much sketchiness to all of this. But here we are. So let people know that those two terms mean almost nothing, even though they're regulated by the government. Although for some people, that wouldn't surprise you at all. (laughs) pasture aged, uh, the one that you think would be best, is not regulated at all. So that's another issue. Pasture-raised doesn't mean anything. Um, In their mind, it could just mean, hey, we let these hens go out for 10 minutes one time in the pasture, and then we bring them back in for the rest of their lives. However, thankfully, just like the non-GMO verified project, other third-party entities have come in and kind of helped out here. So if you see pasture-raised but then also see certified humane, or it's not an end thing, it could be or, animal welfare, and this is again this is a certification then you know they were given at least 108 square feet of outdoor space as well as barn space i don't necessarily know uh, what the time restrictions on these are if any really at all so definitely double check that but at least again these are step in the right direction type of things finally for today we're going to talk about gluten free ah uh, gluten free what does this mean? Does it mean anything? And it really doesn't. You got to be so careful with this one. Our friends with autoimmune diseases, you know how careful you have to be with the gluten stuff. It really seems to affect just about everyone that has an autoimmune condition, or really almost any health condition, but I've seen it overrepresented with the autoimmune uh, people that we talk to at FDN Thrive. So when something says gluten free, guys, All that means is that there are no inherently gluten-containing ingredients in that food product. Does that mean it is not manufactured in a facility that contains gluten or that also processes it on the same exact equipment? No, it does not. So be careful with that. One of these things, I've said it a few times already this podcast, is it a step in the right direction? Sure. Does it actually mean anything at the end of the day to someone that's trying to be serious about this? No. So use gluten-free to catch your eye. All right, this is something I should pay attention to, but then flip it over. And this is always going to be under the ingredient list for the most part. It'll say manufactured in a facility that contains XYZ and the next thing. If you don't see that label that says manufactured in a facility that, that's not a bad thing. Actually, all that that means is that it was not manufactured in a facility that had any of the major containing allergens that they didn't already list in the ingredients thing. So it's not that they're, excuse me, missing it. It's just that they didn't have to put it on because they might've had a private facility or whatever. They just didn't use a facility with those ingredients. So that's something to consider there. So we wanna get gluten-free. We also wanna check to see that it was not manufactured in a facility. Um, I'll give you a little bonus one here because so delicious uh pretty great brand for like coconut based and almond um, milk based products uh, dairy alternatives um desserts they got some great uh, ice cream (laughs) what they have is a little unique because they have hey it's gluten-free but then you switch it over and it is manufactured in a facility that still processes wheat however you'll see that they actually allow themselves to undergo third party testing on a random basis. And as far as I know that they've never uh, failed that. And so that means they have pretty strict standards at their facility. I'll put it this way, I'm a gluten free freak. I do trust So Delicious brand in particular for that. I really trust anyone that does those third party tests. I think that that is worth something. Um, Is it perfect? Probably not, but just the fact that they're willing to do that, I think is pretty important. And then always check the stuff online. You know what I mean? Make sure that it is legitimate and that they're really doing this often. Okay. Anything else? Oh, last thing I'll say about gluten-free, I don't want to miss this, is that even if it was gluten-free and you know not technically manufactured in a facility, the problem is gluten-free... Um, basically means the product has less than 20 parts per million of gluten. But if a person with an allergy or sensitivity consumes an excessive amount of this food, or if they may or they might react to other wheat proteins, yeah, you're pretty much out of luck and you still could get Kind of hit with cross-contamination here um, in a way that you didn't even know was there and i'm not saying all this stuff to uh, scare anyone tonight but it is to be realistic it is to let people know what's going on and also to fight for better standards if something says gluten-free i don't believe personally this is my personal belief that there should be any chance that there's any gluten in that there are people that are allergic to this stuff in the world right why do they have to do so much extra effort to do that Why is the manufacturer allowed to have this on the label? I don't really get that. It's very misleading to people. Um, And again, not everyone has the ability or willingness to take this as seriously as some of us do. And most of us, let's be honest. I mean, I love this topic. I love working with FDN and helping people out. But I'm gonna guess I'm like you in that there's probably other things you would be studying if this didn't directly pertain to your life. (laughs) You know what I mean? So this kind of chooses us and not the other way around. And because of that, again, I really just think we should fight for better regulations. That's kind of a side point of this whole episode. But the real reason it's coming out tonight is because people that might be starting... Whether it's a New Year's resolution or whatever you want to call it, a new journey, you might be overwhelmed and confused by all the labels. So I think I just covered just about all the main ones here tonight, and I really hope that helps. So I hope you guys have a wonderful New Year's Eve. Hopefully you're doing something fun, or maybe you're still getting to bed on time. I will try to be doing that if I can. (laughs) But outside of that, if you guys like this information, please be so kind as to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts by searching for The Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive on there. If you do that... We will love you more than we already do. And I'm looking forward to being back with Interview's first episode of the new year. I'll see you guys then in 2022. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Health Detective Podcast. If you are ready to finally work with a real health detective on your health journey so that you can get well and stay well naturally, visit us at fdmthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button.